A dedication to all the refugees worldwide. Uh, one time. Say, say, say. I remember when we used to sit. But in the government yard in Brooklyn. A good girl never want to be late. Come and play, express ideas in her brain. Everything is gonna be alright. Everything is gonna be alright. Working on the night shift, that's another day. Get to go out to play if you wanna park here. Everything is gonna be alright. Everything is gonna be alright. Good friends we had. Good friends we've lost. Hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Buddha's Bar and Grill. This is the 10th podcast coming to you from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. This is Buddha, Roger. Uh, I've got with me once again, Sean from visualbomb.com. How's it going, bud? Pretty good. Not too bad. Not too bad. Better now? Running on yes, empty? Much, so we're good? Much better. Oh, yes. All right. See, there's a general rule of thumb. You can bring your iPhone to the toilet. You can even do some surfing. You can even play some games if you have Spore or something like that. But you're not supposed to IM people from the crapper. General rule of thumb, that's one of the things you just don't want to do. So, that being said, though, uh, I should also <laughs> mention that Jason is somewhat on the show. Um, he's missing in action for now, but we will know when he's back by the sound of rainwater, the, the ambient, pleasant sounds of the rainforest that are going to accompany him when he returns. Uh, <laughs> so, let's just enjoy the quiet while we can while he's gone. And then... Uh, but he should be back shortly. Apparently, he needed milk and cookies, the precious little boy. And there he is, Jason. Welcome back yeah. to the show. I welcome back. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, first and foremost, the obvious... Um, uh, he's still talking. <laughs> I got my cookies. What, what about... Roger? They're good cookies? cookies? No, I have no problems with cookies. I, I do not. Interrupting a prod podcast to go get some? Yeah, who knows? But uh, hey, hey, cookies hey, in hey. and of themselves are you not You knew evil. I left before you started. You decided to start without me. That's your decision. <laughs> He's getting muted partway through the show. Anyways, getting back to the big news, obviously, is the election for you guys yesterday. Uh, and a damn fine one at that. Yeah. In, in all honesty... Um, I know that reading everything about it from uh, the American population in terms of blogs, um, Twitter was nuts with uh, people talking about it. Um, there was a ton of excitement, but what was amazing to me was the amount of excitement that you saw outside of the States, um, whether it was in Canada or all over the world, reading blog posts and Twitters and everything from people from around the world with so much excitement for this election. And I honestly cannot remember the last time that I felt an election was absolute, so, so absolutely important on a global scale. Oh, yeah. Well, look at the economy. It's hurting everywhere. And it's primarily because of us and the uh, stock market. Yeah, like your stock market has had a, a profound impact on ours here as well. Um, and I mean, not just here. I'm not trying to say that ours is the only one that's been hurt and it's been hurting everywhere. But um, but not just that, but in terms of, of foreign policies, in terms of, of all manner of things, um, there's there's a real there's a real sense of hope 
<laughs> that suddenly people are talking about. And that's not something that you hear about often in politics. When you're talking about President-elects, you're Except not... from Barack Obama. Exactly. You're, you're, <laughs> not, well, you're not getting that sense of importance um, in terms of an election, whereas now with him, you really do. And not just from what he says, but just the plain facts of what he stands for and what it can mean to the to the country and to the world, as opposed to what the alternative would have been. And that sense of importance is something that you we have not seen for many, many years. Yeah. I mean, you got two groundbreaking, I should say, elects. One would be the oldest president alive, to be elected into office and the other one would be you know the very first african-american i think it was more bigger on a wide scale both in the history that's going to make and also on the economy you know one was pretty much pledging the same crap that we've had to deal with for the past four years while another one was pledging listen i'm going to do things differently yeah absolutely not, and not just differently so much as well see not that long ago well he's in his second term now our country changed because of who is running it now in a, in a very profound effect, um, it, which really bothers me immensely, bothers a lot of people immensely. But that's what we have. And now what's happening with you guys is essentially the same, except the flip side, where you've got this this concept of who you are as a nation. And now you've got a president that's going to come along who has the potential to actually change that global image of what you are based on their actions, which is, again, it's it's. It's terrible. To, and I shouldn't say terrible. It's, it's. I don't know if it's naive to be that hopeful because it, it, there's so few politicians that actually hold up to what they stand for when they're campaigning. Um, however, if he does, the the effect is going to be felt across the world in a very very large way. Yeah, big time. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree with you more on that point. I mean, it's me and my brother were talking about it last night and um. Yeah, I think the the overall notion for a lot of people that uh, supported uh, him and and was you know hoping <laughs> not to sound redundant or anything, but hoping that he actually got elected was that it, it's it's not necessarily that we're naive and hoping that you know wow he's going to be you know he the waters are going to recede and the oceans going to part and you know all, you know I don't think anybody's like that but. I think right now, after, you know, I think people expected him to get elected because of the fact that he was a Democrat and that, you know, he was getting a lot of public support and, you know, he had people rally behind him. But I think right now, the the biggest thing, and for, I, I would probably say the next two years since Democrats have a, you know, they've got overwhelming control of the House, they got the White House, obviously, and they have a majority in the Senate, is that you have to hope that he is everything that people expected him to be. And well, I think that's... That's the big thing for right now. Not just what people expect him to be, but what he has actually portrayed himself, what the campaign has said he is, what he stands for, what he's going to do. Um, it's not just him as a man, hoping that he can hold true to that, but also everything that he promised from his government, from that, um, from the campaigns and everything else. Um, because to, to, to rely too much on him as a man, I don't think is... Uh, a reasonable thing because simply that one person, though they have obviously a profound impact on the, the choices, they're not the controlling force. So the fact that if he can represent his his party enough that and 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 that the party can hold true to what he is saying they are going to do, then yeah, there's the the impact is going to be amazing. 
I thought big it was. Time. What's that? <laughs> I said big time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly. <laughs> you really, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think at this point, it's no longer about. I think the the, you know, the significance, if you will, the historical significance. He's you know he's the first African American to be voted you know president of the United States. You know, wow, that's it was it was a hopeful moment, it was an inspiring moment last night around midnight when he had the acceptance speech and everything else. And I think today, um, at least for me, it's kind of like okay, yeah, that's significant, and yeah, that you know it's a, he ran an amazing race and everything else, but. I think what he said in his speech last night was 110% true, that it's like, this is only the beginning, that there's no way you can argue that, you know, it's over now. I mean, this change has not been, change has not been brought to the United States or to the world or however you want to view it because he has been elected. Change will come about because he does something with it and the Democrats do something with it and the people of America do something with it. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean... Yes, it's a significant event, and I admire the importance of it and everything else. But at the same time, in the same token, you have to kind of realize that there's still a lot more that needs to be done, rather than just getting, you know, somebody who is competent and somebody who inspires the, you know, the American people into office. There's still a significant hurdle to overcome. Oh hell yeah! And w- luckily, though, what I've been hearing him say, um, granted, it has obviously not been long, but um, what. And he's 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 saying the right things at the right time too, which is something he's done consistently. Um, but what he's saying is just that there's a lot of work to be done, and we're literally just starting now. So the only frightening thing that I find right now, excuse me, is that um, unfortunately there are, as the first black president, there is a big target on his back and it's a frightening thing but it is a very true thing as well and so you have someone here now that is going to have to be trying it's it's like the the glass ceiling for women in the workplace you know he's he's gonna have to try that much harder to win over the people who would not vote have voted for him because of bigotry and and ignorance and oh yeah uh, it's a very sad thing that that has to happen, but I mean, it's, uh, you have to be realistic and know that it's out there. There's a lot of good old boys that aren't happy that he's in there not right now. Um, I would be increasing security on him a lot, um, and it's again, it's a sad thing that you have to think that way. But that's it's a it's a fact. I don't think that uh, I, I I realize what you're saying and, and I acknowledge that, but I think that they've already realized that in the sense that. Yeah, there there are going to be groups out there, and I think they've was the FBI stopped a, a assassination plots or whatever it was last week, and then there was a one a couple months ago from some you know random organization. So I mean, or it was ATF, not FBI. ATF to stopped you know a plot or whatever. I mean, they're not naive about it. I think that they know that you know this is a significant person, that this is you know a significant event, and as such, we need to make sure that we protect them and everything else. I think though the concept of that. He's going to have to work twice as hard as to work, you know, gain the support of the people who wouldn't have voted for him, blah, blah, blah. I'm not necessarily sure about that because I think that's along the same lines as that concept of the, of the Bradley effect. And the Bradley effect, whether you're you know, familiar with it or not, is the concept that uh, I, as a white person, will say to someone, yeah, I'm a Democrat, I'll vote for Barack Obama because I believe in what he says. But then when I go into the voting booth, I'm going to not vote for Barack Obama because... He's black, so I, 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 and 
if that if that were significant, if that were still a significant thing, um, I don't think he would have won Ohio. I don't think he would have won Indiana. I don't think North Carolina would be nearly as close as it is right now. I mean, there are so many places that were are, are, are classically red states. I mean, you take into consideration Ohio. Nobody really. I mean, Ohio was tight, but nobody really expected Barack Obama to take Ohio. And sure as hell not to have Ohio called within like the first ten minutes of it being closed. Nobody really expected that. But that was that's what happened. So I mean, I, I agree with you that yes, I think that you know he needs to be protected and all that, and I think they will. But this concept that he's going to have to work twice as hard for some people, yes, he will have to work twice as hard. And there will be people that he'll never, you know, he'll never have their full support from. But that's just the way politics is in our country. I mean, you get this partisan kind of bickering and people who are red are just going to say, well, that guy in you know, office. There are people who hated Bill Clinton and Bill Clinton wasn't even necessarily a purely divisive figure, you know, until really late into his, his actual, you know, holding of office. So I don't know. I, I I I hear what you're saying. I I disagree in terms of, and and I'm not trying to say that. Perhaps I phrased it wrong. Not that he has to or will have to, so much as in order to gain that support, um, so that if he wants to run again in four years and wants more support for whatever reason, um, he will have had to have worked that much harder in order to win over those people because I don't think um, doing what has been done up until now consistently is going to change people's opinions if they had a negative op opinion of him is, is going to change it per se. So, but again, he's saying the right things right now. There's no, there's no reason yet to doubt that he's going to follow through. It, it's a very, it is actually a very exciting time. Again, you read through some of the Twitters where people are actually saying they're, they're, they're nearly on the, the brink of tears. And you're not talking just flaky people, actual people saying this was an amazingly overwhelming race that actually changed their views of politics, changed how they feel about it, how much they, they, they felt that they could get involved in it and whatnot too. So it, it was a, a pretty groundbreaking night. Oh, yeah, it was. I mean, he turned, Obama turned some states blue that have never turned blue. And like, was one was Illinois, I believe, it hadn't turned blue since 1964. I mean, you're talking a good solid 30 years of staying Republican just to switch over Democrat in one race, you know. It was a pretty big thing. Yeah. Uh, Illinois is where he came from, so I mean... I mean, what is it? What is it? No, it wasn't Illinois. It was Indiana. Sorry. Indiana, yeah, Indiana, yeah. That's the one that was really shocking to me. So. Well, they were saying Pennsylvania as well too. That was one of the early ones. So, interesting Pennsylvania. too. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania hasn't gone red in such a long time, Roger. I mean, I know that you, you know, you're in Canada, and God bless you. And you know, I'm sorry for <laughs> luck there, but uh, <laughs> Pennsylvania hasn't gone Republican since sometime in the 80s i want to say i think it's since dukakis right since dukakis I, 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 I just got dissed just for being canadian apparently that means <laughs> i can't know about world affairs interesting very interesting well the, see what's world funny about pennsylvania just, though is that the majority of it's red but the little side ones like pittsburgh and philadelphia always go blue and they're the ones that determine the whole state pretty much yeah so that's where and you get based most on of your the early polls too they were still thinking that though it was borderline it was probably going to go to McCain 
Yeah, they so, were worried about it, but I was surprised about Florida. Is what I was surprised about. Florida okay. went Obama with. Uh, I'm looking at the numbers now. It's like there's three or four a, a two, Yeah, there's two hundred thousand difference between Obama and McCain in Florida. Yeah. So, no, nah, I was um, I I I'd have to say the two biggest shockers for me in terms of the election were Ohio and Indiana. Ohio, I thought was about a fifty-fifty shot for Obama. But um, Indiana, Indiana was like, I mean, I've got family in Indiana. I mean, one of my, you know, one of my uh, grandparents is in Indiana. And I know my mom, um, she registered to vote. You're talking about those people, you know, who get inspired to actually, you know, start again in the, the election process. Um, she hasn't been registered in, in our state. Um, <laughs> she hasn't, she's never voted for as long as she's lived in our state. Let's put it that way. And she was so adamant about voting this, this year because of our of my grandmother her mother she, my grandmother said that you know um she is generally speaking democratic in the thought you know very liberal in her thought process my grandmother is but um she said she would not vote for barack obama because she was uncomfortable with him and my mom took so so much offense to that that she actually registered <laughs> to, vote to cancel out my mom her her Good mother's for vote. her that's excellent <laughs> So, I mean, but I mean, it's just that concept that, I mean, there are a lot of people in Indiana, especially around the uh, um, uh, suburbs and rural areas, and there's a lot of rural areas in uh, Indiana. So, I mean, and a lot of those people, they're very uncomfortable with that, that prospect. I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting to, I mean, I know all my family that's in Indiana is out in the countryside, and um, they're, I mean, they're really good, good people. I mean, they're really, uh, when you speak to them one-on-one, -on -one, they're very good people, they're very common sense kind of people. But um, I don't know. I don't know how they all voted, but the war's not over. <laughs> kind of people, right? What do like you say? Very the war's not over, kind of people. Like very nice, but uh, they're still kind of stuck with um, the older kind of views and morals and traditions. Well, my like people that are like uh, my aunt and, and uh, my grandmother and whatnot. I they are they are definitely more of a that you know we got to win the war and, and whatever else i think it's just i think really what it is it's a generational difference yeah. um and I, I i truly believe that that's what it is that it's when you talk about people who are in their uh i mean hell cnn had a breakdown of it people who were from 18 to 29 voted two to one for barack obama people who were from 30 to i think it was 40 voted i think it was like 55 percent 45 percent for obama and then people who were above 45 or something like that, like basically people who were classified as seniors or whatever, um, they went something like 55, 45 for McCain. So I mean, it's a slight edge on, you know, for McCain, but I think that's what it is. I think it's just a generational difference. I mean, and you talk about that concept of a, a racial divide or whatever, you know, my generation, John's generation, you know, I don't know what the hell generation we are, X, Y, you know, Z or some shit, I don't know, whatever the fuck we are. Generation um, internet. Yeah, I, I just find it surprising that you're saying that 45 is considered senior. Well, whatever it is. Shut up, old man. Just because you're getting close to it. I, I've got a few years yet. Do you, Roger, do you hear that right now? Do you hear that? I'm playing my violin for you, so I mean, you know. Oh, come uh, on. You can come up with better material. Otherwise, I'm not bringing you back. Uh, moving right <laughs> along, though, I, I thought it was interesting, all the chatter about uh, Palin afterwards, too, um, and during, too, when they were asking her when she actually went in and and, uh, and voted herself, too, whether she was going to be voting for um, 
what is it, Ten, uh, Ted Stevens, who was convicted last week on seven felony corruption charges, and they were asking if she had voted for him, and she was saying she that she, she wasn't going to tell, basically, that she respected her right to privacy. Um, but it's a which pretty frightening, yes. which means yes, yeah, which is pretty frightening when you think that you're voting for someone who's corrupt just so that you can I get in. I think he right? won, too. I, I, I think he won. That or actually, I, last time I checked, they hadn't yet finished Alaska. Oh, okay. I don't so, know. I, gotta, yeah. I, I should check that again, but I'm fairly certain he either came close to winning or he won. Last time I yeah. checked, he was, in the, he was in the lead. I know yeah, that much. But he's going to get booted out, and then they're going to put somebody else in. So, but then they were talking to her as well about 2012 and whether or not she would be running. And she was saying that she can't imagine running for the top job herself in 2012. I thought it was hilarious that she would actually, like that they, <laughs> she can't possibly think that she could run anyways, really. But who the hell mm -hmm. would, she, she's the, she's the laughing stock right now of the country as if there, she would stand a chance. They say that uh, Palin is saying sorry if she costed McCain votes. You know what's soon, funny is late, what's too. funny is that really what would have how different would it have been had he gotten a better running mate really honestly how how much closer would it have been and how much more of a chance at like what I don't what are know the odds you know, that like, he would have got in I honestly think that he had he picked a better running mate I would put down money that actually probably would have gotten it it would have been extremely close if he had a better running mate big time I don't know. but also it was his negativity too too he ran a very dirty 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 campaign and a lot of people saw that but then would he have had to if he wasn't on the offensive because of all the bad press that he was getting for her which that is true changes a lot like had he stayed true to what he was before and had a, a much more intelligent running mate um somebody that again the country could respect and and want as a potential president um should something happen to him which i mean the odds were pretty high uh then you got to start thinking about well how much better would he have done and considering all the bigotry and and ignorance against obama i think that it, regardless of how fantastic a choice he was obviously um i think that a lot of people would have swayed on the side of caution in their mind and I, I would put down money saying that he probably would have won. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think McCain probably his. I don't think his biggest losing factor was Palin. I don't think his biggest losing factor was the fact that he went negative. Because I mean, in in retrospect, I mean, if you think about some of the negative campaigning that has gone on, I mean, the campaigning that went against uh, Kerry, the stuff that went against Dukakis, um, the negative campaigning in in retrospect wasn't nearly as terrible as some of the stuff that's gone on in the past i think his biggest point and where he shot himself in the foot was back in september um when the the stock market was you know imploding essentially and it was like he he happened to be on the stump at the time and he made the idiotic remark and he said it since you know he said it since the primaries the fundamentals of our economy are strong that right there start him down the path started him down the path of I don't know what the hell I'm doing in terms of the economy. I mean that in terms of the national perspective. I mean people question how well how well off he was in terms of the economy anyway. I mean for months and months prior to that. But when you say something like that and the Dow sinks, you know, eight hundred points or whatever the hell it did that one day, like or, or seven hundred points, it lost a trillion of one point two trillion dollars or something like that, um, people start getting worried. 
and then you go to all your debates and the rest of your stump speeches, your entire uh, argument for getting us back on the right track in terms of the economy is, my friends, I know how to do it. I can get us back on track. I know how to do it. And people listen to that, and all they're hearing is you say, I've got a plan, but I'm not telling you because, well, let, just secret. let me get in the office. I'll, I'll show you what it is. You know, when I get to office, shifty eyes left and right. And, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's the same, it's the same thing when they were talking to Palin as well. When they were talking to Palin about it too, she had absolutely no clue what was going on. She none, none, none whatsoever. And she does have. She did. She, it was an important position. Um, people did get a certain measure of comfort from Biden, knowing that he knew what he was talking about. So, for when you get the same thing from both herself and McCain, that they basically have no clue what the hell's going on, then yeah, it's going to make a big difference. To an extent. To an extent, I'll agree with you on that. But I, I'd have to say a vast majority of Americans, when they go to the voting booth, or when they consider you know, voting for the president of the United States, but, you know, voting for the White House, they look at the top of the ticket. Um, and yeah, I yeah, think, of I think of course, the only real gotta, thing that happened with Palin, the only big thing that happened with Palin is that it only accentuated the fact that the ticket as a whole looked like idiocy. Like but again, like you got to keep in mind yeah. that this was not a normal circumstance because he is 72, has suffered three bouts of cancer, and he's not going to make it. So I would have agreed with you on a normal, had he been a healthy, whatever age, younger guy who, you know, yeah, he's going to make it through the four years. But because you're looking at somebody that is... Like the odds are actually against him making it through the term, which is going to put her in charge, then it does have a very big impact then. It's not something you take lightly. And if you are taking it lightly, no offense, you're a fucking fool. It is damn important who he picked as his running mate because that's the person that would be running the country. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that... Uh, I, I, I'm not saying that Palin as a pick... Um, ultimately did anything terribly bad for him it's just that uh it accentuated his his flaws and that that concept that he doesn't really know what's going on with the economy palin really not knowing answers to basic questions um from interviewers and whatnot that really just kind of just shot him in the foot and yeah she was you know a right-leaning a very you know extremely right-leaning person she's like you know, but that's what her job was she was her job her as a pick was to ignite the base, the Republican base, okay, uh, and to get them riled up. Because when she, when he went into the Republican convention, um, he didn't. The Republican base wasn't formed, Roger. Like he he's notorious to be. He was a notorious outlier for Republicans. He was very. He used to be a very centrist thinking in terms of he was off off to the center. He was, he was middle lean, you know, um, and he used to go against his party and whatnot. So when you have somebody like that as your presidential nominee. You, people who are your base, your, you know, you know, <laughs> to make a joke, uh, your gun-toting Bible, you know, belt Bumping. people that, you know, are just clinging to their guns and religion. And I mean, you know, those people, they are very, very concerned with, are you going to hold my, my morality up are you, when you go into the office? And they don't necessarily see that when they saw McCain. So when you get somebody who's like Palin, who's like, doggone it, you betcha, you know, I'm going to get in there and I'm a maverick and, and all, you know, that's what her job was. And she did that. The problem is, is that McCain wasn't enough to actually continue it. And Palin didn't look to the people who are in the middle, the, the people who are independents and whatnot, the people that McCain needed to woo, more or less. 
those people saw Palin and said, wow, she's an idiot. And then the fundamentals of her economy are strong. And then not actually having a plan on the table to share with people, all of that added together, screwed him over. And that's why I, I, that's why he lost the election. I mean, in terms of the negatives, he, in truth, in reality, what he actually lost the election was, it was because he went up against Barack Obama. I mean, that's the reality of it. He was running, Barack Obama has been running a change campaign for two years. It's the same reason why uh, Hillary Clinton lost. She didn't realize it was a change election until about halfway through the primaries, you know, two thirds of the way through the primaries. Same thing with John McCain. John McCain started, you know, pronouncing change and everything else. I think he was in August. So, I mean, and he had no real campaign strategy. I mean, all that put together is what cost him the election and nothing really else. Palin was a big factor, yes, but that's not what lost him the election. Oh, I wouldn't say that she was the only thing by any means, no. But I think that she was fairly important. But there was obviously a lot of other things as well, too. So on that note, though, what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break. I think we've covered the politics enough. We're going to move on to our regular fare. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back, and we'll go from there. the second half uh now that we've covered all the politics we'll go back to our regular uh mindless fair we'll start off with the games of course uh you got the release for the week there sean i certainly do run us through <laughs> uh gears of war 2 and resistance 2 this is really the only two on this entire list that actually sound decent or in tom clancy's end war but to see how good I that is I actually would love to play some Gears of Wars 2. I'm probably going to wind up just renting it, though, just because I've got so much crap already on the go. Um, and I know that I, I don't have that much time to invest right now, but I really want to play some Gears of Wars 2. I've been hearing, actually, a lot of good things about it. Meh. I hate exactly. Cliffy B. I'm sorry, but yeah, the, everything that I've read thus far on it is just that it's Gears of War 1.5. Like, it's... <laughs> it's 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 not it's just it's essentially the same thing uh some of the stuff doesn't necessarily make sense in the context of it but it's the same gears of war experience with what two additional weapons or some shit like that so and just bigger boss battles or something like that i mean it's i mean i'll play it like over christmas break when i go to a friend's house who has xbox 360 i mean i'll play the co-op for it but it's not gonna make me buy an xbox 360 
No, and that's why I'm saying too. I'm gonna rent it to play. But that again, though, the way you're talking, it's it has to be completely innovative all the time to make it better. They had something that worked. They're improving on it and putting something else out. I mean, when you're talking about like you've been playing Far Cry 2, how much how different is it from the first one? Oh well, we'll get to that in a little bit. But <laughs> well, no, let's no, get into it now. Oh, let's get into okay, it now. Well, what fine. have you What have you been thinking about Far Cry 2? You've been playing the hell okay. out of it. I, yeah, I have been playing the hell out of it, and I'll tell you right now that I'm I'm really kind of irritated that it got like almost ninety percentile in terms of you know its its reviews. If I was still reviewing Games Rider, uh, it probably wouldn't have bro- broke the eighty percent mark at all. Like it's a good game. Don't get me wrong, it's a good game. All right, but it's not nearly as good as the reviewers and mainstream reviewers have made it out to be. Um, it's essentially a subpar shooter sitting in a large sandbox environment, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm overall, I'm not, I'm not pleased with it. I mean, you, the the game is beautiful, absolutely beautiful, and I'm, uh, I've never seen shooters that are this pretty. I mean, it's like, whoo, oh baby, that's pretty. But I mean, it's, it, it's just not that good. I mean, the, the gameplay elements are sometimes borderline tedious. Like it's ridiculous how how some of the game elements play out, and it just boggles my mind. If I was if I'm sitting there in the game development room, and I'm sitting here with my developers and my software engineers, and they're talking about some of the shit that they want to do, that they okay, we're gonna have you travel, you know, 20 kilometers to return, you know, make the status quo back to normal so you can proceed with the game. I would just be rubbing my temples like, holy shit, people, are you listening to yourself? I mean, it. it it's 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 got its huge flaws, and I'd say that probably one of the best and one of the worst elements in the entire game is this concept of immersion. I mean, going back, I mean, the graphics in the game are absolutely amazing. I mean, uh, there was this one part that I was playing today that, you know, I'm traveling down this like canyon ravine or whatever um, as the sun is rising, and the sun is coming up through like the ravine, and you can see all these like colors coming off the walls and off the water. And it just makes you feel so immersed in the game. That, and you get these, like, you know, African sounds. And sometimes you get a little bit of ambient music and everything else to set the mood. And it's like, wow, this is really, really cool. And then to kill the immersion, something stupid, absolutely, something ridiculous happens. And, and you've got a number of things that are just absolutely destroy the immersion. And, and one of the biggest things that they've already talked about in a lot of reviews is this AI system. AI system, it's... I'm not sure if they did anything with it from the original Far Cry. I mean, this is obviously not the same team. Um, but the AI system, I don't know what they've done with it. They're, they're idiotic. They essentially just use swarming on you. I mean, they when one person finds you, for some reason, it alerts everybody and their mother in the area to come at you with guns a-blazing, and they're like, where is he? And they, as soon as they see you, they just start shooting. They don't really try to avoid you or anything like that. I mean, it's just... It boggles my mind how they did that. But worse off than the AI is this voice acting. This has got to be some of the worst voice acting that I've seen in a game in very in, in such a long time. It's so this terrible. This is actually I mean, like and it's, one of your pet peeves. You, you've mentioned this before. Uh-huh. This is a huge thing with you. Oh, but, you know, it's, it's even worse in this game, Roger. You talk about a game that has such immersion and such it's, – it's designed – I mean, if you put somebody in a huge sandbox environment, you know, okay, well, let me do what I want to do and, you know, let me get involved with my character and let me kind of get into the game, you know? Let me be immersed by this huge sandbox and let me just do this free roaming kind of thing and whatever else. 
And then you hear some of these people talking with no breaks. There's no pauses. There's like, and I put on the subtitles to see what the text is supposed to read, you know, what's actually being said, because at certain points, you can't understand these people because they're talking so fast. And there are like literal dashes and ellipses and periods. And I swear to God, you think that they're just talking in run on sentences the entire time. I mean, it's bad, Roger. And when you're talking about a game that's based on immersion to try to offset some of its lackluster gameplay elements, that takes you out of the immersion. I mean, well, that- yeah, but that's the same thing has happened with Oblivion. And I know that we talked about that uh, last time, Sean, when you were talking about Fallout 3 and you were saying you yeah. haven't come across the same kind of phenomenon where they use the same actors for the same stuff. But I've actually been hearing more where that is exactly what's happening with Fallout 3, which was exactly what happened with Oblivion, where you have the same like three or four actors that voice all of the voices for the the entire game and then you wind up having someone who is saying something in one tone uh and then three feet away there's somebody else completely different that speaks the same the it's the same voice but speaking in a different tone like whether angry or happy or whatever and it's the, that's exactly what oblivion was too so it's uh the voice acting is uh, i mean the Oblivion had uh, Patrick Stewart as the the king, but I think it's it's almost as if they blew all their money on that for voice acting. So then they they had to hire Bob, who does the floors, to do all of the other men in the game and uh, and so forth. But like I mean, when you're looking at a game again, like you're one of the few people. Well, like I mean, I I, I feel the same to a certain degree, but like we're we're of a minority that actually cares about voice acting. More people are going to care about what a game looks like and how it plays than who is doing the voices. So when they're assigning value to where they're going to spend their budget, if a game developer is looking at what's important, it's how how good the game is going to look, how well it's going to play, not the sound. So I mean, I, I think that in terms of the um, of reviewing a game, it's not as important a factor as everything else. I, I haven't noticed it though yet. I mean, I've noticed it on enemies. Like sometimes they'll say weird things. Like when you throw a grenade at them, they'll say "fuck" and run or try to run away before they get hit with it. But on key, not really key people, but going through the city talking to random people that like actually have dialogue, I still have not noticed it. You know, and I start actually trying to look out for it, and still nothing. Still haven't noticed it yet. Oh, really? Because I actually have been hearing that from other people, that it is in there, just like Oblivion. So it's possible you just haven't come across it, too. But, or it I might have, be I that might have been traveling too much. It could be that just Bob's gotten better at his voice acting and that it's not as noticeable this time around. <laughs> well, I don't stay in one city for too long, though, either. Like, I'll go in there, I'll talk to people, I'll get the hell out. You know, oh, Unless good. people are actually sitting there and actually going around and... It doesn't matter if you're at the northernmost part of of Oblivion or southernmost. Bob sounds the same. I mean, that's you can't mistake it. Well, then there's got to be some difference. Then there's got to okay. be. I mean, unless these people are just trying to find something to, you know, bitch about, and they actually are just trying to find those little, very minuscule things where, oh, this NPC has the same one as this guy all the way across the map, who's an enemy, and you don't have dialogue with him. You know that kind well. of thing, but. There's, there's a lot of people trying to hate Bethesda, that's for damn sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this, though. I mean, when you're talking about, and I'm, you know, I, I played a little bit of Oblivion, and I never really got, I didn't get too far into it. Um, and Fallout well, 3, I haven't had the honor of actually playing it. But um, let me ask you this. The the actual dialogue that goes in in, in that game, in those games, um, is it audible? 
is it understandable? And yeah. do they do they have intonation? And do they stop when a sentence ends, or do they give pause when pause is needed? Yeah, but there's more to it than that. I, I I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, and I will say yes, it does. However, there's more to voice acting than that. People think that voice acting is a simple art, and that anybody can do it. Case in point, let's get Bob, the the guy who washes the floor, to do the voice for this. He'll just read the lines, and that'll be that. But it will take you out of the story just as much to have someone who has no clue what they're doing as it will to have someone who speaks poorly and and it's like you're saying it's hard to to hear what's being said just because it's so terrible in in and perhaps it's me nitpicking in, in which case then again i'm siding with you on this point um in that the um when it is poorly acted, it's like watching a poorly acted movie or a um, or an animated feature that you can tell the acting, the voice acting is absolutely terrible. And it's the same thing in games. It's gotten to the point, though, that I'm so used to it that it doesn't phase me quite as much anymore. I, I It's like I almost expect it now so that when there are games where it is good, it's actually a surprise and a, a pleasant surprise. But you know what? For I think for a game like if if... If Fallout 3 has the voice acting issues that you say it has, I mean, Sean hasn't noticed them, um, I would probably, and, you know, when I finally get around to actually playing it, you know, unfortunately college is kicking my ass right now, and Far Cry 2 is a much longer game than I anticipated it would be, but um, I would probably rate it down simply because of that fact. And here's why. It's not because I don't expect, uh, I don't expect, you know, poor voice acting out of certain games, but... When a certain game, like let's take Far Cry 2, let's take Fallout 3, when these games have such high production values, when you have such a large sandbox environment and you have graphics that are just literally jaw-dropping, things that you've never seen anyone do before in a game, I mean, and you have such just, such, such immersion, it's, you get kind of drawn into the environment. And then to have somebody who's supposed to be a key element of the story trying to give you reason to progress through the game and get back in the immersion and they've just totally taken you out of the immersion because you're just like what are you trying to say and and why why is your voice acting so terrible and it's kind of like yours right now good games with bad (laughs) elements those bad elements are are reflected and 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 brought out so much more Oh, yeah, agreed, agreed, I agree. However, then what's going to happen is that they're going to have to take some of their budget money that went towards the graphics or the gameplay development to put towards voice acting. You can't have it all is that's what I'm trying to say. So then you're going to have, fun. you're saying that when you have a game that is so visually st- stunning, that is so immersive, well, then it won't be so immersive and it won't be as visually stunning because they actually had to pay real money to get real actors to do the voice acting so there has to be some give so at that point then you're losing and this is where the bottom line matters where it's all about the cash and so you're looking at what is it that the developers are going to look at and again i'm not trying to argue with you i I complete i agree with you and 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 i think that if all things were considered equally when they are in the development process you would wind up with a better product sure it would not be quite as visually stunning but an overall the overall uh, view of the game would be better simply because it was all aspects of it were better but i mean you're talking about a utopian game which they rarely exist and so then the, the something has to give and if they're looking at the bottom line and de- the developers know what matters what is everybody looking for they're looking for how good a game looks 
and it's a sad reality but it's true that's all anybody cares about how does the game look and how does it play and if it's got both of those and it does it well you know what the voice acting can go by the wayside a little bit and and i think that's probably why i don't necessarily uh um, feel that the game is you know as good as a lot of these people are you know claiming it is and whatnot um and it's not just simply the voice acting. I mean, I, I'm, I'm making a big issue of it because that's one of my little pet thieves because it's just like, wow, you know, you, how much money did you just spend? You know, you spent, you know, multi-million dollar investment on a game and you couldn't spend a little bit of money on making sure that your voice, you know, your voice acting was good or that the playback made sense or anything like that. that that's pretty shocking. But, I mean, backing away from that topic and, you know, getting on to some of the other issues of the game, um, this one the sandbox environment itself is broken because of because of the ai all right first off is because of the ai but i mean you take a game like uh, far cry 2's got uh you've got a slew of different weapons that you can choose from right i mean you would expect that in a a big shooter right you've got your you know sniper rifles you got your explosives you got your handguns you've got your smgs and everything else right and what's interesting is that when I approached the game and when I first started up, I looked at the weapon roster and I was like, wow, you know what? There's a silenced area in here. There's silenced SMGs. There's silenced pistols. And I was like, you know what? I think it would be kind of interesting to test uh, some of the boundary issues here. And I said, you know, I'll pl- try to play the game like a little bit of special ops. And I was like, most of my stuff I'm going to do in the middle of the night and I'm going to go in and I'm going to have silenced gear on, right? And I'm going to see how that plays out. It doesn't work. Like, it flat out does not work. You could be crouched in the middle of a field, and you, nobody you can't see anything around you, and somebody who's like 30 feet away from you, looking in the opposite direction, can hear you like crawl along the ground. Like the game is broken, it's busted, it doesn't work. So I mean, you're talking about gameplay being proper. I mean, the silence, the silenced guns, um, they don't work either. Like I've I've done a, an operation, a mission inside the game and shot someone that was on the borderline of this little compound and somebody that was 50 feet away not even looking at the person evidently heard the gunshot and came over and you know started investigating and eventually found me and called everybody else i mean some of these things just fundamentally don't work and i mean when you have gameplay issues like that too it boggles my mind what what were these reviewers doing when they actually played the game were they sitting there with nothing but AKs and running around like, whoo-hoo, you know, I mean, yeah, but you're, t- you're talking about just a fundamental problem with reviewers, too. I mean, that's that's something that came up, too, that I was talking about with uh, with Sean about the Little Big Planet reviews, where Kotaku was mentioning that uh, so many reviews were out, and yet the online play, which is such a large component, was still at the time broken, and yet the reviews were out praising it. So, I mean, that's a common thing where the uh, I mean we both did reviews we know the review process is a flawed process if you're one of the few that is ethical and true to what the to yourself in terms of what you think something actually is whether good or bad you're of the minority because more often than not it's a business it's all about how many people you can draw to your site and how many people that you can impress in terms of developers so it's I, I don't put that much stock on reviews unless I've played the game myself and can tell whether or not I actually think it is um, what the hype has built it up to be. Uh, you guys I, I agree. Too much. Go ahead, John. I said you guys bitch way too much. Just shut up and enjoy <laughs> the game. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking uh, well, of which, no, you've no, been... No. 
No, no, no. Okay, let's 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 jump off the fork cry for a minute and let no, uh, no, yeah, John have a little say there. Um, you've still been playing your Fallout Three quite a bit. How much farther in have you gotten, John? Uh, from level eight to level eleven, almost twelve. My problem is I'm in an area right now where either the game will freeze while loading or it will crash to desktop. So I've been kind of that's a nine point five, right? That's whew, gearing whew. off that. <laughs> yeah, hey, I actually I still I was... try to load it and play it. I actually was talking to somebody at the office who's got uh, the PS3 version, and um, he was saying how he was stuck in the vault in the uh, the classroom for the longest time because it was frozen there. And he checked online, and it's a huge issue that uh, it's a common issue where people are getting frozen. Um, the, the PS3 is also having tons of issues with uh, with bugs with it. So I, I don't know how much the PC version is is how well it's faring, but yeah the 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 three six or sorry the the PS3 version is 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 desperately needing a patch. So I actually had I was um, we were talking about it too because I told him that I was going to the future shop and I was going to be picking it up and um, in the future the, the future <laughs> the uh, I had the uh, I was looking around and they were out of the 360 versions of the collectors apparently they had a huge stack and they disappeared immediately they were out of the 360 regular version they were out of the regular PS3 version and all they had left was the collectors PS3 version which actually at this the future shop sells for 90 bucks Canadian so that's when I yeah. kind of went, you know what, a mail, a, a, a freaking lunchbox isn't worth that much extra. So I decided not to get it right away, and I'll decide later if I want to pick it up online or something. So, yeah, I still actually haven't gotten a chance to, to play the damn thing. You should. You should really pick it up. I mean, they're, they're talking about releasing a patch fairly soon, is from what I'm reading in the news. Is, and it's, it's just I didn't get the freezing or the crashing until around level eight. And dude, I'm just having a blast, just walking everywhere, killing anything. It's just it's such an amazing game. And you, it does have some jumper moments though. Like you will have, I've turned around, I've had like nine dogs running after me and just freaking out. But the vat yeah. is just so amazing. <laughs> just wait till you blow the guy's heads off. <laughs> My buddy at the office actually hasn't um, hasn't done any hunting except for whatever in the vault kind of thing. And he literally just got out of the vault. I was talking to him this morning and he was saying, because yesterday he was saying he was going home, he was getting out of the vault. That was it. That was his plan for the night was getting out of the vault. And there happened to be a hockey game, so he took off to the hockey game for with, with some buddies, had a whole whack load of wings, came back feeling bloated. He still sat down on the couch to play and just as he was getting out of the vault and the loading screen was on, he felt asleep and he woke up at two o'clock and his guy was outside of the vault and the camera was just circling him <laughs> so yeah. he had made it out he said yeah it's it's a ton of fun he's enjoying the hell out of it but and he's got the the ps3 version but he has already encountered a bunch of bugs um the most annoying of which being whenever the the, the pop-up screen comes up for whenever a friend logs in it actually freezes the screen for a good like several seconds quite a bit and uh and he finds it quite annoying Oh, but these are all things that can be fixed in patches. It's just a matter of when are they putting that damn patch out. Let's see. It says the patch is expected today for the PC. Or yesterday, actually. Yeah, PC, but not I, PS3. Yeah, they're not saying much about the PS3 or Xbox 360 yet. Yeah, so I'm actually still playing a lot of Little Big Planet. I've, I've been having a lot of fun with it with my uh, my youngest. The um, we've we've been fooling around a little bit more with uh, making levels now that we've done quite a bit of the um, 
the the story mode he's actually finished it i'm still not finished but i've been doing other stuff anyways excuse me and um but we've been having fun building stuff and he's actually done quite a bit there's actually a new site now littlebigworkshop.com where you can actually plan out your levels and whatnot and he actually did that yesterday it's kind of cool too because you can print out the blueprints or you can save them in pdf and it's very intuitive very easy so it's kind of cool you can sit at an 11 year old and they can come up with a, a level in no time at all and, uh, and so, then they can yeah, take their level and package it together and sell it for a certain amount of money no you can't sell it <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> we're gonna get to that in a minute there's a little mm -hmm, bit of angst mm -hmm. there but uh but again the game as a whole is still holding up um i think that were it not for the online component and the um, level creation I think that I personally would rate it quite a bit lower than what it's getting. Not because it's not fun, but simply because you can get through it so fast. I mean, you can finish story mode, the actual levels that are provided by Medium Molecule, fairly fast. So when you take that into consideration and you take into consideration this new thing now where they're going to be selling costumes, and we're going to get to that in a minute. That's a major piss me off. But... Um, I think I actually would have scored it a lot lower. The only redeeming factor right now is that character creation, or sorry, not character, level creation mode, where you can, and, and so many cool things are coming out of that, and, and the, the people have such an incredible imagination that they're coming up with shit that you never would have thought was actually possible, and they're pushing the boundaries of what you can do with this. Um, the, the thing that then, and, and this is our segue then into Sony's new... Uh, license agreement here their their terms of, of service the um the, this bullshit of whatever you create is their property um yep. which was put in because of this game plain and simple so you have a a, a game now that is going to be um that people are going to be making levels for busting their asses and they're not going to own the rights to it and that really bothers me immensely. I, I can appreciate that they're using tools created by Media Molecule, licensed by Sony, to, to, to do it. However, the same holds true for any... If you're programming in a language that somebody else created, you know, the software that you need to create or whatever, whatever comes out of that, you own that. You created that. That's the thing. You may have used tools that somebody put out, but Media Molecule put out those tools and they're getting paid for it because we're paying for that game. So we bought it, we paid it, we own those tools. Now we have, we should have the right that if we make something for it, that we own the rights. Now I'm fairly adamant about this just because, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a writer. So I've, if I'm creating something, I'm, I feel very powerful about, I own that. I created that. You don't try to use that shit. That's mine. I own the rights to that. I I did that. So that's my blood, sweat, and tears, not yours. So the fact that Sony is putting this in their agreement now so that they can own it, um, and, and this blanket statement that, that makes it so that they can do whatever the fuck they want with it, that is such shit. It, it, it bothers me immensely. So now if I'm making a level with my kid and I go out of my way to write something really cool for it, a nice story mode with chapters with different levels and something that you can follow through on and everything else, and I can spend literally weeks on something that is as visually stunning as I can possibly make it, and then Sony can go around, they can sell those levels and keep all of the money and not give me anything. 
Oh, is that what they're doing it for? What's is that? that? What they're doing it for so that they can actually. It's a blanket cover statement for them. It's a it's a blanket so that they can they can be they can own anything and they can have the rights to it. And then it's um it's not it's not being targeted at this, but it coincidentally came out right when this was being released. So it, it is I, for that. I think, but okay, and you know, who somebody may hate me for this, but I mean, uh, to play devil's advocate, I mean, I think. The real reason, I mean, the overarching, and I, and I understand where you're coming from, Raptor, but I don't necessarily think that Sony's going to try to be like, "Ooh, well, I can take Roger's level, and I, whew, I, 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 since I own it, I can sell it back to whomever for 99 cents or whatever it may be. I think that they're probably doing that so that nobody can actually throw a hissy fit if they make something that's technically inappropriate, you know, and they say, well, piss off, we're deleting it off the servers. And uh, they could have I think done that, that anyways. statement you're talking about means that they can also, some of the stuff, I, I remember seeing that uh, something on Kotaku where they were talking about how uh, Sony says that they have access to certain things on your hard drive and whatever else, you know, that they can, they can essentially remove certain things. And so this whole concept is, so if you make a level that's just so far outside the scope and, and you're just like whatever level that you make, you know, and if it's something that's terrible, like and something that offends, you know, everybody, they can remove it. And yeah, I but think they that's had that in their license. No, they had that in their license agreement that they could have done that anyways. No, I'm going to fight you on that one. That was already in their license agreement that they could take out whatever they wanted to. That was inappropriate. This is a completely different thing. This is taking ownership of anything that's created, not disseminating what can be tossed out and what can be kept based on content. This is saying I own it all. I can do whatever I want with it. Now, the fact remains, like you're saying, I don't think that they're doing this so that they can take those levels and sell them. Yeah, that's all well and good to say that. However, the fact remains, that's what they're saying that they can do. That's what they've put into this agreement, that they own all of that and they can do whatever they want with it. And that includes selling it and not giving you anything for your work. It's wrong. Plain and simple, it's wrong. From a, a, a from the standpoint of somebody who would spend their time creating something to then have Sony say, well, because you use the tools that we license to do it, we own it. Nah, that's not how it works. It's wrong, and it is <laughs> bullying based on that. And it's 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 completely different than what you're saying in terms of saying, well, that way we can make sure there's no dick levels. No, 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 that if ain't Sony, it. If Sony comes out from a, a couple weeks from now and starts selling people's levels um, because they find them to be that good, and they you know, and they approach someone and say, well, listen, you know, we'll cut you in for. The if they start doing that, or even if they don't you know, you know, cut people in for the profit or whatever else. If they start doing it, then I'll agree with you, Roger. But until that point, I think you're, it, it, it's, I don't know. I can no, understand yeah, why no, you take you know, offense to it. No, and I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one by any means that's taken offense to this. Lots of people are. No, no, no. And the fact I, is I, I, that I, it's all well and good to say um, until they do it, they're not the bad guys. That's not how it works. If someone says, I own all the rights to this, I'm not going to do anything bad with it. I'm not going to use it for my own personal game, but I own all the rights to it. That's wrong in and of itself. That's the groundwork. So whether or not they build on that groundwork is doesn't matter. That's not the point. They laid the groundwork, and that was wrong.
So that's where I take huge offense with it, as do a lot of people. It's not just myself. So, again, it's not a matter of saying, well, they may never go through with it. No, they may not. But the fact that they laid that groundwork was wrong. So the the other piss me off now is this nickel and diamond (laughs) over the costumes. Which, you know, laugh it up. <laughs> <Fuzz boy>. mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, I, you know what? When the game was in, in, initially being uh, spoken about, they made it seem like you would be able to create anything in the game, including costumes. Um, finding out now that that is obviously not the case, you're not going to be able to create costumes, and they're going to be selling the goddamn costumes. The regular costumes they're talking about selling for a buck. The premium costumes are going to go for two bucks and then the rare costumes well they're not even going to let you know how much they're going for that's how bad it's going to be um and then they're going to have some costume bundles that they're going to sell as well but oh my god see i really wish that they actually would have allowed us to pardon me make costumes so that i could see how many hours it takes because I'm looking at some of what they have, and yeah, I can appreciate that it would take a while, but if you look at how many thousands of copies of this game sold, how many thousands they're going to be selling of different costumes, because people are going to go, oh, that's a buck, it's not a big deal. The, 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 when you factor in the, the, how much a profit they're going to be making versus how much they're paying somebody to make those costumes, oh my God, they're going to be making a small fortune off of these costumes, especially these premium ones that they're saying are going to be a couple of bucks that cannot possibly have taken that long to create. It's it's nickel. And when you've got companies like, like Criterion putting out Burnout Paradise and putting out content packs for it that are game-changing a year later that are actually putting their plans through for next year even for what they're going to add to the game, and they're doing this all for free, Battlefield Bad Company, free levels, different things like that, and yet these costumes you're going to be having to pay a couple of bucks for, that's just an insult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, you, you I, I, I saw this, and I think one of the big things that I think uh, you said, and I don't know, I, I'm not sure if we talked about this or not. Somebody had talked to about it. We were joking around that, you know, the money's got to, it, it better, damn well, better go for uh, uh, the server maintenance. You're right. right. Yeah. Because if it doesn't, I mean, this... If if it doesn't go towards server maintenance and server, you know, maintaining the actual and improving quality of the servers, um, I, I think I'll probably be pretty pissed about that because then they're just literally trying to milk the, you know, the device for all it's worth and then well, they I'll are. Be they're, they are, and they're they're milking people based on IPs. Like you got your your Final Fantasy guy, you got your your Metal Gear Solid guys. Those because they are known characters, not because they're any harder to create. Those are going to be twice as much. And then see, but I can understand ones. those costing money. I can understand those costing money simply because they may have to obtain licensing rights and you know permissions and whatnot. And the company, you know, Square Enix might say, well, yeah, sure, you can do it, but uh, you're using our property. We want some money. So, and they made, they made, I can understand that. But what, what I can't understand is charging 99 cents for costumes and, you know, then charging, a, you know, twice as much for these quote unquote premium ones. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, no, it's too much. It's ridiculous. I, again, it's nickel and diming when you're looking at something where you know that it is such a well-loved IP right now, despite all the problems that they've had, it still is doing fantastic. And that's because it is such a good game and it's doing well. And when you take something like that and then you nickel and dime your, 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 your fans who have done nothing but support you, that is a slap in the face to the people who have, you know, gone out of their way to be patient, to, uh, 
build excitement for it to advertise in any way that they can fuck it's not like i haven't mentioned it enough um and yet here you go we're gonna kick you in the balls and take your lunch money and here's a couple of costumes yeah okay i feel better <laughs> so yeah so i've been playing that and i've been playing some more of uh fable 2 um ironically i was gonna mention it earlier yeah, i hate you uh, you're, uh, you hate me i want to okay. play that so badly dude after reading that post and then playing fallout uh fable the lost chapters is, oh i want to play two so badly I'm actually, the things that I didn't like about it, I still don't like. So that hasn't changed. Um, actually, on Monday, I had a, a day off of work, and my wife actually took the day off of work. And we actually spent, so we spent a lot of the day playing Fable 2, and we had a blast. We had a lot of fun. Um, we hadn't had enough time being able to play it up until now. We played a little bit here and there, didn't like it. And we thought, okay, well, we'll give it another, another shot. And we did play it quite a bit. And everything that I felt initially, I still still it still holds true um it the the camera does not function well in couch co-op mode it's it's annoying as all hell um it is dizzying at time it's simply not fun i i don't like it i don't like that you can't both be working on the same quest so it's not like we can work together towards the same quest completing them and moving on no she has to complete them on hers and then we have to log into mine and then we complete them on mine I don't like that. We, if we're working together, we should be working together. This idea of Peter saying, "Well, you are get, you're a guest in somebody else's world," is bullshit. If you're in couch co-op mode and you're both in the same goddamn world, we're in the same living room. We should be able to be in the same world. Come on, give me a fucking break. It pisses me off. It doesn't work, and it, I I don't like that. The fact that you're choosing from henchmen. Um, the one thing that I actually. Uh, is not quite as bad is that when your henchman actually apparently has the same um are you like boxing with your mic jason no sir okay that's because that's what it sounds like um the fact that you actually hang on to your spells that you've chosen i i like that so at least i've got that and then i keep the the experience and the the gold as well or i i can let her keep it all um so there's those few things yeah are good but there's so much that's bad about the couch co-op it really ticks me off to no end and then again the um the fighting it's my same bitch as always. It's just, it's it's flawed. I mean, the fact that you cannot die is flawed because you're you're getting knocked out, you're losing a little bit of experience and you're losing, you're getting a scar. Uh, who gives a rat's ass? So it, it really does not have any importance whatsoever. Now that being said, yeah, the things that, that are- Yeah, that's pretty much bullshit. Yeah, the things that are good about it are turning out to be more, uh, are turning out to be better. They are they are very good. The, the story as we're playing it is is very good i i will give them that the um the 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 i'm taking a different path than her i'm going completely evil whereas she's going completely good um the the way that the story is playing out is is interesting it's not quite as polar opposites as you would hope kind of thing um i mean it's mainly whether or not you're getting accolades or you're getting screams when you're going into towns um but there it's it's interesting still and the um some of the um getting back to what i was going to say to jason actually 
the the voice acting actually in Fable is fairly good. It's actually pretty damn good to the point where I was doing one of the levels and I'm listening to one of the prisoners. This is when you're in a level where there's it's called the spire. Um, there's a whole bunch of people in, imprisoned, and one of the important characters there turns out to be. And I'm actually gonna IMDb it while I'm talking to you just to get the actor's name because I can't remember what his name is. But he's the actor who who played um, Shepherd Book in Firefly. Um, and again, I'm going to pull it up, but the voice is very, very recognizable. And it was kind of cool to see that they'd gotten at least one, um, good actor. Like everybody who, who does the, the voices in the story are, are very good. Nobody's actually bad, but it was interesting to see this one person who was Ron Glass, um, very noticeably like, Oh shit, that's the dude from Firefly. And so I thought that was actually pretty cool. And he does, of course, a fantastic job with his narrations. So we've uh, we've been enjoying it. We've been playing it quite a bit. Um, the integration with uh, pub games on uh, Xbox Live. We picked up the pub games in uh, in August, and. Um, and that's the, the the gambling, so that you can earn money towards your your hero in uh, in Fable Two, and yeah, both Karen that. and I had been yeah we'd been playing it, and it's actually most of the games are, well two of the three games are actually not that great, but the one that's good the Fortune Tower is is very much like a solitaire game kind of thing, and it is one of those addictive little things that you can play. Well, it's funny because now that I've merged the character that I had in the the pug games with my hero, now it suddenly makes a difference when I'm betting. And I'm actually having a lot more fun with that game as well. And so when I want to try to earn some money to buy some better weapons for my dude and follow, or sorry, in Fable 2, um, it makes a difference now how I'm betting in pub games. I don't want to waste all the money. I certainly don't want to go in debt like I was before. So I'm being a lot more careful with my money. And then I can gamble again when I'm in the game. So the gambling aspect that they put in the game as well is very good. They did a good job with that. Uh, it's very cool. It's, um, it's, it, it, it's, it's compelling it it actually i didn't think so before but now it's actually something that it has an impact there's a real reason why you want to be careful with your money so it's kind of cool so we'll yeah see. if you can if you can pick yourself up a 360 at some point you definitely will enjoy the game oh it's sometime i mean i'm it's either when it comes out on pc or whenever i get a chance to actually you know, do it well yeah, and go yeah get I, I would, 360. yeah well the prices are going down I, I would not be surprised if the prices go down for Christmas as well. Um, so you can pick one up on the cheap. Yeah, about the same time, so is my spare money. Go, go, economy. Yeah. Yay. Um, completely different topic, though. Um, I actually... I had played the uh, I'd played Hellgate when it had come out. Uh, this is way off topic here, but bear with me. Um, when Hellgate had first come out, my eldest son and I had decided that we would play it. We'd played WoW together, and when Hellgate was announced and hyped to all end, we had decided that we would play it. And of course, hated the hell out of it when it came out because it was shit and so many problems. Um, Flash of Forms, of course, went under, and then it was bought out, and then um, Namco Bandai, Bandai uh, Games bought it out as well. well. I actually just got an email today saying that the Hellgate servers are going down officially as of uh, the 31st of January 2009, which is the Ouch. basically the last nail in that coffin, and she's going bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, so, I heard about that. Yeah, so it's uh, you know what? It's too bad because 
had they done what was right in the game, they were on to something. They were they were definitely on to something. They could have done something fantastic. The only problem is, is that all the things that were bad with it were quite bad. Um, we encountered nothing but bugs throughout to the point where some of the final big bosses... Um, I Well, I had the game freeze on me on the very last boss on um, the, the starting mode. So I couldn't go into hardcore because it had it froze up on that very, very last boss. And all the loot fell still, and I still I couldn't pick it up either. <laughs> and there was a crap load of amazing loot too, and I couldn't pick it up either. So nice. no, there was there was so much bad that was so frustrating on it. And it's not like we didn't give it a shot. Hell, I even paid for the membership for quite a few months um, to get the little bonuses that really the bonuses were crap there was no reason to pay like i was willing to i mean i was willing to help them here i'm gonna help you i I believe in what you're doing um you're the diablo boys i i I, you can do it (laughs) so here's my my couple of bucks go to it and uh and i felt i felt completely taken advantage of at the end so (laughs) when i left it wasn't on the best of feelings yeah i've been wanting to try the game out but I mean, as soon as I heard the servers are closing down, I really kind of steered clear of it. And it's kind of funny, though, when I watched the actual announcement of the servers going down, there's some people posting, like, what the fuck? I just bought this game. What the hell's going on with this? They're all pissed. <laughs> they dropped the $20 right before the announcement. The servers are down in three months. Yeah, read some reviews, dudes. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> read something, some news, something before you buy a game. So off, That's off the games, moving on to uh, movies for the week. Actually, not much this week in terms of movies, except for the big one being um, Kung Fu Panda, uh, which came out. Which I don't know if you guys saw it, but I I actually did, and I loved it. I actually thought it was fantastic. I have not seen it. That's I don't have any kids, Roger, so uh, I don't think I'm probably going to see it. <laughs> you know what, man? We watch, we watch animated shows even if we don't have the kids here with us. It's I, I I look at and I look at animated far differently um, than than so-called adults who think oh, no now that I'm an adult I can't watch animated films I pff, it's a movie and especially now when you look at um, the voice acting behind movies uh, animated movies it's not the same as before um, to the point where I mean case in point Kung Fu Panda where you got Jet Black and uh, or Jet Bla- Jack Black sorry um, a whole bunch of people it's it's not like before it's it's just that it's animated it's not a it's it doesn't have real people so uh, I I've got no problems watching an animated show and this one here was fantastic it was very well done it was funny as hell and um, and so yeah so I actually haven't picked it up but I'm definitely going to be picking it up um, probably this weekend here and watching it again um, other than that we've got the Lucas trying to make more money again here we got the prequel trilogy coming out on DVD yet uh, I don't know if this is the first I think this is the first time it comes out actually yeah are they so, friendly bundling it all together or no no I, this is only the, tr- the the prequel it's not the the full thing I don't see anything here for the actual hold on one second God damn it. Yeah, I've, see I've got the trilogy here and I've got the prequel trilogy um they're probably putting it all together and that's on dvd though together and just pick it up you know what i i see very little reason to pick up the prequels we we've got two we've got one and two 
on DVD that we'd picked up because my son was crazy about them, so we picked them up uh, for him on, on Christmas. Uh, but we never did pick up the third one because, frankly, I pff, I thought the third one was crap. I had absolutely no use for it whatsoever. Um, yeah, I'm a fanboy. I loved all of it. Yeah, but not that the first two were that great either, but still, it was even... It, I, it, They were terrible. They were terrible. And it's <laughs> not that I'm looking back at the original series at fondly thinking, well, when I was a kid, I remember how amazing... No, because I wasn't the Star Wars fanatic when I was a kid. They came out when I was young, but that was not... And again, we talked about that before. For, for me, it was the Indiana Jones. And, and, and I got hurt when... The fourth one came out, and my butt still is sore. Um, but the, the the Star Wars was never really what I was into. So this this trilogy, is, I can look at it, and, and there's no, like, oh, well, they, they, they raped the originals. It's not the same. It's terrible. No, it's just bad. It's period. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's, it's crap. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm in no rush to buy a, a box set with all six of them. Oh, with yeah. commentary from Lucas saying, Thanks for all your money. I has a big house <laughs> because much. of you. <laughs> I can't I believe a, you people actually went for this. <laughs> I bought five new sweaters thanks to you idiots. So. Hey. <laughs> Let me tap back to my childhood every now and then. I'll yeah. be happy. Um, that being said, we were talking, uh, I can't, it wasn't last week, I think it was the week before, um, about The Happening, and it had come out, and uh, we actually watched it on Halloween. I'd heard, really, from most people that it wasn't that great, but there was nothing else to rent that was semi-kind of spooky-ish kind of thing for Halloween. So we rented and we watched it on Halloween, and I will concur, it is complete and utter shit. Do not rent it. Don't watch it. It is absolutely ridiculous. Wahlberg is talking to plastic plants. There's weird moments where he's trying to joke. The story is terrible. It's plants taking out people. Plants. Plants. Yeah. The grass is going to kill you. Okay? It's going to start at the ankles and work its way up, apparently. It's bad. It was just absolutely terrible to the point where, like, halfway through, we're going, I can't believe we're still watching this and we actually did finish it anyways, but it was shit. It was so bad, it was unbelievable. So if that's not enough of a, 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 of a review for somebody, like, don't waste your... If somebody even offers to let you rent it for free, don't take it because you're going to waste a couple hours of your life there. <laughs> that bad. That bad. So, yeah. I don't know what's more pathetic. Is the ending to that movie or you actually thinking The Happening is a scary movie to rent on Halloween? No, 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 no. Not scary so much as, you know, the only pseudo-spooky kind of thing, uh, for lack of a better term. I did not think it was going to be scary. But it was between that and that Alba movie, The Eye or The Eyes or the whatever, the crap. It was between those two. And I, I, I chose bad. I don't care how bad the other one is, the album one is. I don't care how bad it is. It could not possibly be as bad as this was. Period. Where the hell do you rent your movies from? I would take a Star <laughs> Wars prequel over this, is what I'm saying. That's how bad it was. Wow. That's pretty <laughs> that's bad. bad. That's, that's, that's pretty goddamn right bad. Yeah, I would give George Lucas a blowjob before watching this again, is what I'm saying. That's how bad it was. Keep that again, in mind. It, yeah. Yeah. Well, the first time left me wanting more. Anyways, um, that's about it. Um, not much else in terms of uh, TV. I've actually haven't been watching too many new shows. I'm, I'm still watching um, 
um, getting caught up on the Battlestar Galactica, which I know you haven't watched, Sean. I don't know if you've watched that, Jason. No, I don't watch that. Sorry. No. Actually, you know what? It's damn good. I'm I'm on the third season. I'm damn near done the third season. And then the fourth season, because of the right of strike, is shorter. So I should be able to get caught up fairly soon. And I have to say, it's one of the better series um, that I've watched in a very long time. It's compelling. I, I've yet to see a single show that is not good, put it that way. They're all very good. Some of them amazing. Um, it's a very, very good series. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Um, I'm still hating heroes and yet still watching it for reasons unknown. Um, Big Bang Theory is our, our sitcom of choice. We're, we're really enjoying it. Although they've pretty much changed it now where it's not about most of the characters so much as one of the characters, Sheldon. It's Obviously, this is his season to shine. I don't know if you either of you guys watched that one. Negative. So that's nope. a no from both of you. Do either of you do anything other than just play games? Hey, uh, I enjoy my basic cable as much as possible. <laughs> Those rabbit ears are coming in handy. <laughs> so, anyways, we're going to call a wrap. Pretty long show so far. Um, so, if you want to reach Jason, the only way apparently is through his Facebook. Um, you can reach him at Jason Pryor on Facebook if you want to try to add him as a friend. He is an asshole, but eh, he's an opinionated asshole, which is sometimes fun to have around. Um, other than that, if you're looking for Sean, he is at visualbomb.com. He's got some amazing new shit up. Uh, like I was telling you, that uh, that rose water one that you did is... Yeah. Um, fuck, dude, I'm blown away. I think it's fantastic. It's simple, yet very, very well done. Your work is really moving forward, dude. Very impressed. Thank you. Um, you can reach him on Twitter at twitter.com slash Deviant with a three. You can also reach him on Facebook at Sean Ferguson. For myself, you can see everything that you need to see at buddhasbarandgrill.com. My Facebook being buddhasbar and my Twitter's being twitter.com slash zenbuddhas. Other than that, you can send any comments, audio clips, whatever you'd like to, buddhistbarngrill at gmail.com. And if you'd like to donate to try to help out, I would greatly appreciate it. There is a donate button at the end of each post regarding the podcast as well as on the homepage. And that is it all. We will talk to you next week. Take care. Well, dag blasted. God damn it. Please really censor yourself. He did. And he calls me an old fart. Oh, you are an old fart. That's not true. You know, coming from the guy who just IM'd me from the crapper? Yeah, that's priceless. Yeah. <laughs> How many donuts does it take to put you on the crapper for that long? Ah, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, Ryder. <laughs> so he's yeah. sitting there, he's like, didn't we just go through this? Nice little ambience for the background. You got you got to do it in a really nice, smooth voice. So you're like, welcome to Buddhist Bar and Grill, where you're relaxed. <laughs> you don't have to pay 99 cents for ambience for your iPhone. <laughs> But you do have to pay to 99 this. cents for a Jack Boy costume. Oh, dude. Yeah, that's Just on let my it list. out. That's <laughs> on my list. We're talking about that today. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It's either going to be like a good game that's different or it's going to be like LOL run everywhere. I'm serious. What are we covering? Yeah, well, I heard Mirror's Edge too, and then all I heard was LOL running. <laughs> and then. Balls. Cool. <laughs> you got it out of your system now, Sean? <laughs> I have no fucking idea. You're, you're, uh, now you're a bunch of numb nuts. Like, get over YouTube. Okay, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go get like some milk and I'm gonna eat some cookies while you guys are like masturbating <laughs> over flowers. Holy crap! All of a sudden, we sound a lot better. Yeah. <laughs>
the rain stopped yeah abruptly <laughs> something to be said about that will sound good for a little while at least he's got a bad mic to match his bad attitude Ooh. oh zing 